0: Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Misty and I are talking about languishing and flourishing. Hi, Misty. Hi, Lauren. Good to see you. You too. I've missed your face. I know. Same, same. Your hair is getting long. I like that you can pull it back. (laughs) I know I'm becoming
1: the post pandemic Misty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is our last podcast of the season, our last podcast of the month of June. And we will be back with you guys probably mid August. We'll keep you posted exactly when we'll drop the fall episodes. But we wanted to finish off this season with this topic because we both have been feeling this ebb and flow of languishing and flourishing. And we did a little Instagram survey and it sounds like most of you are feeling the same way. And so we just wanted to kind of touch base with you guys, touch base with each other and really let everybody know that how you're feeling is completely normal and offer some tips to kind of help you get through this re-entry phase and this re-entry time. I'm so thrilled we're talking because
1: it's going to help me. Like I, I know it will. Um, And so the power of talking through how you're feeling is a real thing. Um, And so if you are feeling some of these, you know, and unsettled and excited one minute and down the next, and I mean, guess I'm really just an emotional roller coaster. If you're experiencing that number one, you're not alone. Um, I've been so up and down lately. And some of the downs are really down. You know, like I have always been a really positive, outgoing, adventurous person. And I feel like quarantine and the pandemic sucked a lot of that out of me, which is sad. It makes me very sad because those are qualities about myself I really love. I loved being able to be just up and go and have fun wherever I was. And it doesn't seem to be the case anymore. And I've actually discussed this with my physician. And so she, she told me, she said, you're not, you're not in a state of depression. You're just acclimating to almost like PTSD is what she said. She said, you had to turn yourself into a shell. And protect yourself from all of the things, literally the virus and just all of the negativity and the things that were happening in the world. You had to protect your family. And now suddenly you're supposed to just give it all back. Just everybody just go about your normal business and it's not normal. And, um, and so I, yesterday, like full disclosure, I stayed in bed pretty much all day, which is not me. Um, but one of the things that, that helps me, and maybe it help you is sometimes giving into that instead of fighting against it. And yesterday in the morning, I wanted to fight against it and I wanted to have this uber productive day and do all these things that I had planned, but truth was, I just didn't feel like it. And so once I turned it over and I let it go, today feels like a totally different day. And I'm able to have this discussion with you without crying <laughs> and being a mess. So It's kind of an ebb and flow, um, but talking through it, I think is a great starting point. And that comes from your community and the connection. And for me, community and connection are probably what keep me afloat. And that's my community at home. And then my community within social media, my community of friends and family, and really being honest with those people because what I receive in return is their honesty. And then here we are me and Lauren talking about this because I was honest with Lauren about how I was feeling. And so then she in turn was like, Hey, me too. So we were like, uh, if we are, then other people have to feel this way. So do you feel the connection and the community is really important for you as you ebb and flow through this?
0: I do. And you know, it's funny. I, I, have been meeting with a group of yoga teachers for business mentoring the last uh, probably two months. And one of the conversations we had was around continuing to show up for your business, no matter what. And I think that relates in my head to continuing to show up for your community and your family I don't want to say no matter what, because I want to touch back on what you said about giving into it too, which I think is really important, but it's that getting over that hump of like not wanting to do the thing because you're just too low or tired or um, just hazy in your mind, kind of joyless doing the thing anyway, because if we wait for the inspiration to arise, to do the thing we're probably never going to do the thing, or we might wait months to do the thing, but it's taking action first and then enjoying the flow and the benefits and the feelings that come after the action. I think, especially in the yoga and meditation world, maybe in every world, I don't know, but this is my world that I'm in. We, we wait until we have that spark to do something, but I'm really seeing that the spark comes later. First, we get our butt in gear and make the contact, make the phone call, make the post, make the reach out to whatever that means, to whoever that is. And then comes the healing. Then comes the fruits of that labor, if you will. So, yeah, I think totally staying in touch with family, friends, community, even when you don't want to just recognizing that's the moment of mindfulness of like, I don't really want to do this right now. I just want to stay in my hole. Fine. Recognize that feeling. And then without making yourself feel bad about that feeling, cause that's the second layer. We, we kind of put that trip on ourselves of feeling bad for the feeling. We recognize the feeling. We say, thank you for being here. I'm going to reach out anyway. And And I, I really promise you more times than not, you'll be so glad you did. I think also what you said about allowing yourself to just kind of stay in that place temporarily is really healing because what happens a lot, and we talk about this a lot in mindfulness practice, we have a feeling and it's a feeling that we find challenging. But then what comes after that is the, I'm bad for having this feeling. And it's the, I'm bad. I'm useless. I'm in this hole. I'm never going to get out of. It's the story story that we create around the feeling that actually ends up being the suffering. But sometimes if we can just allow ourselves to stay in bed for a day, or we can allow ourselves to, to not produce and just turn away from work and, and kind of sit with it. That sense of I'm bad for feeling this kind of goes away more quickly, or maybe it doesn't arise at all because we're not resisting that feeling. It's in the resistance that the suffering comes, but we're human. We are not designed to be on high, to be happy, to be content, to be clear all of the time. Like in our human, human design, In our human design, no part of it is supposed to be 100% fabulous all the time. We are a big, wide range of 500 emotions. Can you believe it? We have 500 or more emotions that we can feel. It's just that we label some emotions bad and some good. But if we can start to just see it as energy, it moves through us so much more quickly And you're right. And it is an energy. Like yesterday, my
1: energy was like, whoa. but today my energy feels more level and more like attainable. Um, I, I think when you were talking about like, you know, giving into it and yesterday, like there was times I would experience guilt for just sitting there and doing nothing. And my girlfriends and I have always referred to that as mom guilt. Um, But, you know, I mean, if you're not working or you're not producing, it's just guilt. And yesterday, my practice was literally when the guilt would arise, I would talk to myself as if I were talking to a friend. So what would I say to my friend? I would be like, "Ah, come on, you do stuff all day, every day. You're burned out. You don't feel that great. You need to rest that's your body saying you need a rest. So just give in, stay in bed, read your books, watch your shows, whatever it is you do. And then tomorrow is a new day. And that's literally what I would tell a friend. And so that internal dialogue was going for me all day long. And I also always use the phrase to myself, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I had to remind my husband of that today. Just he was getting spinny and things were getting crazy. And I said, just remember." You need to eat. You need to go for your run, take care of yourself because you can't fill from an empty cup and he fills up other people's cups all day long in his job. And so if you're not taking care of your well, it's not going to do anything for anybody else. And so it's that self-talk like I've always heard about people um, having negative self-talk and I've never really been terribly difficult on myself in that way, like you're bad or you don't deserve it. But recently, man, those little thoughts creep in and you're not doing enough and, you know, you're yelling too much at your kids or whatever it is. And so I just kind of have to talk to myself like a friend Mm -hmm. and give the advice that I would give a good friend. And that's what I would say.
0: Yes. I'm with you on the negative self-talk. It's never been a huge issue for me. What I find is that the self-talk for me is more coming at me as a secondary emotion. Like I don't hear the voice in my head so clearly like some people do. It's super common if you do, by the way, I feel it more as like another blanket or cloak. Yes. Right. Yes. Like something heavy.
1: Yes. Yes. A literal blanket. I told somebody the other day, I feel like I have a blanket on and
0: it's hot and I want it off. (laughs) Right. That's our version of the self-talk. So if you're like us and you're thinking, I don't really talk to myself that negatively, but you might feel it as that like secondary layering when you're already feeling kind of low, then you feel low for feeling low.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, and then you have to, I have to go back to my tools that I tell other people, because like I said, I'm not used to talking to myself in those ways. So then I have to really be mindful of, Hey, these are those thoughts that people tell you that they have, you're having them and it's okay to have them. First of all, you're not your thoughts. And, you know, second of all, what would you do? And what would you tell a good friend? And that really, really helps me a lot. But I think that also comes from really assessing yourself. And that's one of the things I've been encouraging some of my friends to do that feel really like off. And there's just a lot of going on and a push pull, like step back and assess yourself, like literally almost like a body scan. Like how does my head feel? How does my body feel? And then name the emotions and the feelings, you know, and then Say it out loud to someone because I have learned recently there is power in getting it out. It doesn't have the power over you anymore the more you say it. Just me admitting to my struggles right now takes away so much of the power. I feel like probably 90% better just knowing that others know and they're not going to be like, oh my gosh, Misty suffers from anxiety and she's been an up and down roller coaster lately. guess what? A lot of people are. And so I'm just trying to be a lot kinder to myself, but also assess those feelings, name them
0: and get them out. Totally. Yeah. It's, you can say it to other people. You can also say it, say you don't have somebody around in the moment. If you just name it, I think Dan Siegel came up with this, name it to tame it. Right. So in your head, You just acknowledge the emotion you're feeling because when you acknowledge it, you're shining some light onto it and removing the resistance and it just diffuses, it starts to diffuse and soften. The, we call this podcast Languishing and Flourishing, and it's based off two New York Times articles that came out this year. We'll post them in the show notes. The first one was on May 5th, I think, 2021, and it was called then there's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. And then the next day they came out with the article by the same author on the word flourishing. So I'm gonna read just the first paragraph of the article and, and again, we'll post the full thing in the notes. So it opens with, at first I didn't recognize the symptoms that we all had in common. Friends mentioned that they were having trouble concentrating. Colleagues reported that even with vaccines on the horizon, they weren't that excited about 2021. A family member was staying up late to watch National Treasure again, even though she knows the movie by heart. And instead of bouncing out of bed at 6 a.m., I was lying there until 7, playing words with friends. It wasn't burnout. We still had energy. It wasn't depression. We didn't feel hopeless. We just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. It turns out there's a name for that languishing. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield, and it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. Ding, ding, ding. They just ding, described ding, ding. Misty
1: Anderson. <laughs> oh, it's, don't you love when you read something and you're like, yes, yep, that that's me. Yeah, that's totally true. Like the foggy mm-hmm. to- it's absolutely like so. So, if we've got that fogginess and all of that's there and everybody's experiencing, by the way, the watching the show over and over, <laughs> I totally do that. I'm on like three times of Entourage and I watched it <laughs> back in like years ago. So, anyway, I get that. That's all of me. Um, and I guess my question is is like, I get, I know the next article is about the flourishing. I want to. I feel as though that's in there for me. And I feel as though it's happening, but like, can you jumpstart it? Can it
0: go faster? Right. Like, how do we get there? How do we get to this flourishing? Right. Yes. So they talk about flourishing this other side of languishing as an all encompassing state. So how long will it take before life finally feels good again? That's the question. Uh So here's their short opening paragraph to this piece. Post-pandemic, the answer to that question may actually be in your own hands. A growing body of research shows that there are simple steps you can take to recharge your emotional batteries and spark a sense of fulfillment, purpose, and happiness. The psychology community calls this lofty combination of physical, mental, and emotional fitness flourishing. It's the exact opposite of the stagnation that we feel and languishing. So flourishing is a combination of physical, mental, and emotional fitness. To me, it comes back to so much of what we talk about on this podcast of things like letting your skin be in the sun. Um, one of the things they say in the article is exactly what you said, Misty, assessing yourself. That's actually the first thing they say. And in the link, we'll post this. There's a little 10 question assessment that you can do, like a little self quiz. Oh, nice. Yeah. We'll both take it. I like quizzes. Not that are graded. (laughs) Helpful quizzes, not graded quizzes. (laughs) Remember the quizzes from like Cosmopolitan magazine like 20 years ago? (laughs) I used to be obsessed with those and and thought they were so accurate. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So one of the things they talk about is to savor and celebrate the small things. You know, I think a lot of what we missed the last 18 months were the big events that so many people kind of structure their lives around. Um, We are going on a big trip at the end of 2022. I mean, so far away, but already the anticipation and the planning of this trip, is giving us something positive to think about and talk about as a family. And last year we didn't have big events because any trip we had, any life event was canceled. Even if it's a small vacation somewhere where you drive away for three nights, none of that was even happening. So I think as we kind of re-enter the world, whatever events are coming up to really savor them, You know, there's a lot of expectation around events. Expectation can make them less enjoyable. I think whether it's a lunch or a weekend with somebody or a party or a vacation, just to, to really try to be present during that event and soak in what's good about it, really savoring that time.
1: I agree. And man, I need to savor and celebrate the small things. Cause I feel like what you said is true. We're, we're going on a big trip. We're coming back home to Texas for a couple of weeks and we leave this week. And I mean, my girl's. Act like they just got up and ate loads of sugar all day long because they're so excited and they have their countdown calendar. Um, But then the flip side of that, that I'm charged with, is organizing all of it and being not used to travel again and the what ifs and the questions and the logistics. And normally none of that stuff would have frazzled me at all. Um, But now it's a a little like I'm just done. I just haven't done it in a while. And that's what I keep telling myself. And I can plan and do my piece and it always works out fine, you know? And that's what I'm trying to tell myself too. But I definitely plan on savoring the whole time I'm there and really appreciating my family more than I ever have. And I know my kids and my husband are in the same boat as far as we really plan on savoring and celebrating those people have been asking us, like, what do you want to do when you're here? We Nothing. We, we want to stare at you and love you. And that's the simple things, just like you said, just celebrating family and being together.
0: And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if part of your feeling this week about this trip and planning and some of that anxiety is due to not being able to trust that. It's actually going to happen because yes. so much has been taken away in the last year and a half. And a lot of it was like overnight. I mean, things were changing overnight. Information was changing overnight. And so, even though intellectually we feel like we've got a hold on it, there's some part of us in our survival brain that is bracing for the next change and the next big news because it wasn't just the pandemic. There was so much this year that disrupted what we knew to be true. Some of it really good challenging as it was, you know what I mean? Um, But there's been a lot of uncertainty. And so, yeah, venturing out again for a big trip away from home that far is going to, is going to bring in some anxiety and some trust issues. And so I think knowing that that's normal is, is really important.
1: I've, I've talked to a lot of people and the, you know, we did the how people were feeling. like You were talking about the beginning with our social medias. And I can't tell you, I probably had 10 people direct message me really long explanations. And what I found to be a common thread was so much happened in that year, but nothing happened in that year. And we have these two conflicting feelings of some of us, I think a lot of us, there's probably pieces of quarantine and the pandemic that we actually found beneficial and we liked. And so letting that go, and while we don't have to let that go, and that's what I'm learning is like, I can protect that time now that I know that I can, um, but it's just a, who's in control. And like, like you said, is someone going to tell me tomorrow that there's a, another virus that mm-hmm. and and that's always in your head. And I try not to think about it or speak it because I don't want it to happen. But then like my girlfriend just said the other day, she's like, what happens if we have another flipping virus? And I'm like, oh, and see, that's, that's where everybody's heads go. It's just the, like you said, the fight or flight kind of in us. And we're thinking about what's next and what do I need to expect And the fact is, is we kind of just have to live our lives and like you said, be as joyful as we can and get back to savoring and celebrating the small moments. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think in closing too, it's, you know, it's a catch 22 with the anticipation and the excitement of living big event to big event, you know, and we know this life is actually not about the big events. Yeah life is about the small moments in between and the minutes that seem mundane and meaningless. Those are really the moments that make up a life. And so I think trying to find purpose in, in everyday routine, trying to find purpose in the small moments that we think don't mean anything can add so much richness to a life. If you're not feeling totally clear one day, you're not feeling super energized you can still connect so quietly with your child and give them five minutes of undivided attention. And that five minute undivided attention, little chunk of time is adding to both of your bank accounts, your spiritual and emotional bank accounts. Um, you know, you're not feeling your best one day it's on a Sunday, you connect with your pet, you know, like really yeah. sitting with your pet and giving them so much love from your nervous system to theirs and just enjoying that simplicity. Um, Connecting in nature when you can, getting outside and taking a walk, like really looking for more purpose in the moments that seem purposeless, I think is going to give some real lasting, like deep seated contentedness and happiness. I agree. Thanks for the reminder of that. I'm going to go
1: and try to make the mundane rest of my random little moment. Yeah. And it's really easy. I mean, just what you said, the mundane moments are where it's at. Yeah. Thank you for talking with me today.
0: Yeah. Thank I you really,
1: too. I really hope that if you're listening, um, I mean, reach out to us. If you have, if you have no one you can talk to and you just need to vent it all out, I'm here. You can find me on Instagram um, and all of our stuff's in our show notes. And part of, me doing this podcast is I feel um, it's important to be authentic and to discuss the things that are happening to all of us so that we can break down the barriers of knowing that we're alone. Definitely. So I wish everyone out there, including myself, a beautiful summer. (laughs) So exciting. I can't believe, oh, and we have super exciting news. When we do come back for season three, we're going to add something a little new for people. So stay tuned and I look forward to seeing all you guys, I guess, when school starts back and I guess it'll still be hot, but when school starts
0: back. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for your support and your listenership and for sharing the episodes with friends and family who might be interested and we'll see you guys after summer break. Thank you so much for listening to mindful talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.